I have to say, just start off, it's just a thrill for me to actually be up here with someone. Periodically, we do family chats, and it's usually all by myself, and uh, it's just a thrill to have Pastor Rick here with us, and uh, not only just for the camaraderie, but also just to kind of illustrate what's going on here uh, with what's taking place today. Well, today is a different kind of a Sunday. Uh, If you're visiting here, I want for you to know, normally, this is the time where we go and we open God's Word and dive in and and dig it out and uh, spend time in God's Word. But uh, we've been going through a series recently, uh, Ready Together Go, and uh, in that series, we've so far laid out a foundation of a theology of relationship, that God has ordained relationship, sin has brought brokenness relationship, and we're called to relationship. We talked about last Sunday with the slides, as you can see up on the screen from there. And so I want for you to understand, we were moving from that into some pragmatics, going into the book of Corinthians and taking a look at, so what does it then look like to live out that theology of relationship as a people together? Together in all of that. And the reason I'm saying that is I want for you to understand today is actually part of the series. Now, it's not going into Corinthians and taking a look and studying a particular text today. That'll be happening as it normally does uh, for us uh, next week. But today, it's about actually us talking together, uh, Rick and I leading that in a time and just helping to understand a number of things that are taking place together. And I want for you to know this is not a church business meeting. If you grew up with that, it's not that. This is not a leadership report. This is not a state of the union. Okay, everybody say, not those. Okay, it's none of those. This is really an opportunity for us to be able to communicate some things together as a body on some, what we think are some things that you would want to know or things that we would want for you to know in that. Now, part of what's behind that for me is I grew up going to church as a kid. I was 20 years of my business life. Uh, we were involved in church uh, together and then the last 15 years in vocational ministry in churches with that. And I will tell you, I cannot think of any time in my entire life where a church I was a part of did anything like this periodically. And, and I will say, I think I always felt like I trust my leadership. I really do. I had every right to trust them with what's going on. But there was also a part of me to where it was like, you know what, I'd like to know a little bit more what's, like, what, what's in your minds, what's behind the ministry curtain. And there's a balance in this. There's a balance of, uh, let's kind of go to the fairy tale. There's a balance of too much, and it actually is too much information that burdens you. There's, there's a side that's too little, and it's lack of information breeds mistrust. And then there's an area called just right <laughs> that actually what it does is it together helps us kind of be a people who understand what's going on. And you're not left out, and we're not communicating to you. And so today is so much about all of that together. Final note, all the things that we talk about today is not everything that's going on, if you will, from uh, as pastors and elders from our standpoint. But it is some of the things that today we think is, is to communicate. Every, everything that we talk about today, I also want for you to understand, just because we talk about it, it doesn't mean it's the central thing, okay? I want for you to know the central thing of who this church is, we are th- about three W's and four P's. Three W's and four pillars, 
Worship, walk, and work for Christ. We are about that. The four pillars, go out and take a look at them in the, in the lobby out there. That's what we are about. That's what we will always be about. These are some things associated with that that we want for you to know. So just because we talk about them today doesn't mean it's front and center, but we think it has some benefit for you to be aware of what's going on. Well, we're going to kind of work together here on this and talking with some things. Kind of my job is maybe talk a little bit about some newer things, vision things, if you will. Uh, Pastor Rick's going to be talking more kind of about day-to-day budget and, and other kinds of items related to that with the staff, and we'll work it together here as we do that. Um, but Pastor Rick, why don't you take us, uh, open us in God's Word and lead Absolutely, and I'd, I'd like it if you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians 12. And I'm just going to read a few verses which I think are so very appropriate. Starting at verse 14, it says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I don't, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? But as it is God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts yet one body. Father, this morning as we celebrate what you've done here at Harvest Bible Chapel in the West, Father, as we look at things beyond the numbers, we look at the lives that have been changed and the ministries that have been, that have impacted our community and Father, for many of us, impacted us personally. Father, I pray that through this morning that we see that we're where we are and where we're going is all because of you. You are the center. You are the reason for everything we do. And this morning we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, and we give you all the praise. Father, we love you. And in your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, let's begin with talking about some numbers, because numbers are exciting, aren't they? Some of you may be thinking, hey, I'm in church and they're talking about numbers. Numbers are kind of secular, aren't they? No, not at all. In fact, uh, numbers can declare the glory of the Lord and what the Lord has done. Now, Rick's going to talk here and reference a little bit on the back of the uh, handout that you got with some initiatives on the inside and kind of our budget with the last couple years on there for a frame of reference for you. Uh, He's going to refer to that, but I want to refer to some different kind of numbers here and just to kind of whet our appetite for how numbers can declare the glory of the Lord. Uh, Number one, this church is here in just a couple weeks, nine years old. Nine years old. Now, when I say that, there's part of that where, man, this feels like it's been eternity. 
But I will say the main reality behind all this, and even just as I sit here, Rick, and I'm looking around and I'm thinking about this, I'm like, this is crazy. I want for everybody to know, we are only nine years old. This church is only nine years old. And that in and of itself is a testament to he will do above and beyond what we could ever think or imagine. I can tell you that our goal starting in this was never about getting to a certain number. I can tell you it was just like, Lord, whatever you bring, we want to go deep, you take the breadth. Uh, But let me bring some other numbers behind the nine years. Um, 465. There have been 400 now and 65 Sundays since we launched in March of 2008. 465 Sundays. Uh, Honestly, I think I can genuinely say it this way. That's been 465 of the greatest blessings for my wife and I over the years. Um, By the way, 465 translates into 877 services because it was about two and a half years into it or so, we went into two services over at the theater. So there's been 877 services. Now think about that. 561 of those 877 were in a theater. That means that still to this day, over half, in fact, 64% of all the worship services that this church has done were done in a theater. If you're in the theater, put your hand up. Man, I thought that was a blast of a time, right? And by the way, if your hand is not up, I want for you to know this. We are just blessed by you and thrilled by you as part of the team. Okay, this is a team together in it. And yet, from the theater to what the Lord has done, 877 services. By the way, that means 877 children's ministry opportunities, uh, ministering to them. That's also been 877 worships that have been planned, services. That also means 877 worship team Sundays, and 877 greeter Sundays, and usher Sundays, and finance team Sundays, and on and on with all of that. By the way, just that also means 877 sermons that have been preached. Not all by me, but probably about 800 of them. And if you take that and work that out, uh, actually, when I first did the math on it, I was using all eight, 877 services because I generally spend 20 to 25 hours a week on sermon prep. And if you just take an average of 20 on that, and I was going through the math and I was applying it to 877 and you work it all out and then you get down to how many days that is, it was 666 days. <laughs> but that was the wrong number. Um, actually, what it is is in because it's 465 Sundays, so it's that prep. It's about 11,000 hours of sermon prep, about 480 24-hour days, a th- one in the third years around the clock for me, and that's just personally for me. That's not any pat on my back. It's just like this is how special it is here. Uh, God has been a blessing. By the way, another number just to kind of come off of the sermon thing is I've been teased now, uh, right at about 219 times for making up words like turbulated and razzmatazz and spiritual kabuki and awesome-tastic. And uh, not that I'm counting, but it's right around 219. (laughs) Um, Serious numbers. Uh, This is really cool. Some half million dollars have gone out from just our operating budget to be able to go to things outside of us over the years, some half million dollars. By the way, on top of that, another half million dollars has been raised by this church body to send teams over to ministry opportunities as well as a random act of giving. That's nearly another half million dollars. And by the way, that does not include any of the funds that have been raised for like the building of the facility and all those kinds of things. I'm just gonna tell you, uh, numbers really speak of the goodness of the Lord 
and the amazing graciousness of you all in that. Another number, we began with two pastors. I was Pastor Nick and myself. Now we have eight pastors. Never did I think that would happen. We have eight pastors now, by the way, all of whom have been raised up from within this church. I just cannot tell you, and that may not be the case all the time in the future, but I cannot tell you how non-normal that is. Uh, And yet, there's a part of that that this is who we are. We talk about being a church that raises disciples to make disciples, and the goal is not to raise pastors, but if the goal is raising disciples to make disciples, part of that ends up meaning that you raise some people who are stepping into vocational ministry. And uh, it's just a really special, special thing. Uh, Every Sunday now, we have about 275 kids who are in our children's ministry and some 90 adults Uh, discipling them. Uh, For those from the very beginning, that means we have more children here now than when we first started as an actual church. It's an amazing thing. Uh, We have some 100 junior and senior high students engaged in some 16 student small groups with 18 adult ministry leaders discipling our junior senior high students. Booyah, team. That's awesome. Uh, We have some now... 500 adults involved in small groups, some 37 small groups. We have four elders. Uh, Rick and I are two of them. Uh, Larry, who did announcements, and Paul, who will come up a little later on, are the four elders here. And uh, I'll mention a little later, we're looking to add two more onto that, uh, which is very much needed. And I would just say, hearing numbers like all these things should not put us to sleep, but they should well within us, uh, oh my word, the Lord is good. Okay, that's what that intent is. Not about the fame of our name, but the fame of his name. Well, let me just bring you a couple, couple other numbers, attendance history numbers, and this is all for the Lord's glory. Uh, center screen, you actually see from the very beginning, from the 2008 to January 2017, this is the average weekly attendance by month. So each month averaged together that dot then put on the graph. And, and you just see, and I'll tell you, there's a number of things that, I, I love this geeky kind of numeric talk in some ways, and, and there's a number of things I just love to spend time with on what the Lord's been doing and showing you, but uh, I can't do that. I will point to the side screens. That's the same numbers since a 2008 or 2012 to present stacked up, and it shows you trends. And one of the amazing things is you see the last years. Actually, this last year, the the March and April are kind of swapped because Easter hit in March instead of normally in April. And so when you look at it, the trend is just stunning, amazing, um, month in and month out. And yet, as the stack increases, that means that more are coming. And and, uh, that's, we're not about the numerics, we're about the depth, but at the same time, God has been showed himself marvelous in that. Let me just, last thing then is is on some finance numbers, same kind of graphs. Uh, These are just our general operating funds. These have nothing to do with random active giving, any other kinds of things that have harvest gives and so forth. None of that is in this. This is just our regular uh, operating funds. The center screen again shows since the very beginning and what's taken place. It's been one of the, I'll note one of the things is is that actually our percentage of giving has increased, has rised at a faster rate than our actually our percentage of attendance. There's just some intriguing things about that. On the side screens, again, you can see those figures stacked and they kind of show the the monthly uh, realities of that. I'll bring it to this. Psalm 19, 1 and 2 says this. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky 
proclaims his handiwork. Day to day they pour out speech and night to night reveal knowledge. And I would add to this, if the heavens can declare his glory and skies can proclaim his wonder, so can numbers. So can numbers. If something inanimate like numbers can declare who the Lord is, it's time to see it and it's time to revel in what the Lord has done and in the fame of his name. Well, that even kind of carries over into some day-to-day kind of things that are going on. And so I'm gonna take that and pass that to Pastor Rick. Well, if you all would do me a favor and just pull out your little green thing. Um, I would encourage you beyond, and I'm gonna speak a little bit to the back here just for a second, but I would encourage you to really take the time to go through the initiatives. I'll touch on them a little bit later, but um, the back page, financially, the budget, and I'm gonna cover some big ticket items, big items that we've been going through for the last uh, year, and one of the things in it is, is growth has pushed us. Not in the same, we are not in the same place we were back in July when Pastor Doug did this same family chat. We have, as you saw the numbers. It was different we, information, but it was. Yeah, different yeah. information. Yeah. But it's, as you saw the chart. Laugh. <laughs> this is a two step you'll get used to in the next 30 minutes. Um, but as you saw the numbers on the, on the screen just a minute ago. We are in a very strong financial position. God has blessed us so incredibly by, your, by the sacrificial giving of this body of Christ. Uh, we are strong financially. We always try, and we have tried from the very beginning, to always have three months' worth of uh, expenses in the bank. That has happened consistently. Again, this year we are in that same place Our budget for 2017 is 1.475, which is about a 17% increase over the year before. That is positioning us, that is putting us in a position where we're going to be able to sustain and stay comfortably ahead of growth. Uh, If you were here in July um, of 2016 when we had our last family chat, one of the things that became very apparent is healthy things grow. This is one healthy situation right here. God has been blessing. And one of the things that, there's kind of some markers in in uh, in church world that kind of mark how a church is going how they're doing, and, I, and I'd like to just briefly tell you, and we're going to go to two numbers, the personnel number on your sheet all the way to the right, and then the facilities number. And one of those numbers is 55% personnel, and that is percent to budget. And then the 24% is percent to budget in regards to what we spend in those particular areas. And these markers in the market today... If you were to mark it, it goes between, if your personnel budget is between 45 and 55%. If you're at a 45% to budget, your church is stagnant. It's kind of just going along, getting along. It's kind of, it's continuing and God can still bless, but there's no growth. You get to 50%, and you're in this moderate stage of growth. Things are happening. People are coming. Things are, the, the uh, numbers are changing. But then you get to the 
which means significant growth. It's a need. There, that particular line item on your budget, that is the position it, it needs to be to be able to take care of the growth of your church. Faith family, that's where we are. Our budget, because of your faithful giving and everything, we are able to stay ahead. And as God moves, we're able to position ourselves very well. Facilities, they have a set of markers. Those markers are basically between 20 and 30%. And it's the same kind of um, scenario, 20%, just nothing going on. 25%, you're in that position where you're starting to put things in place for that, then that significant um, growth of your church. And we're sitting right at 24%. And I'm going to speak to some of those items that have put us in that particular um, position. And those are, and speaking from the very beginning, the, much of the phase one facility footprints items that have been talked about such as CMS, which is church management system, but we call it CCB, was something that we recently, a, a, a management system that allows us to, in many ways, we're, we're far more organized than we were before. It's easier access, very relational. You're able to, one of the things I notice, even just with my small group, the interaction on CCB in regards to just sending messages back and forth to each other, i.e., maybe about our lesson um, or prayer requests, but it's a very centralized point for them to chat. Um, it also shrinks the process by expediting some admin responsibilities, eliminating the need for a lot of spreadsheets, Excel sheets, a lot of additional um, things that we were creating on our own that is now incorporated where we all as pastors have access to that information, thus eliminating some of the silos of ministry, which have been just outstanding for us. We desire faith family to be a world-class organization and we're well on our way the parking lot expansion it's coming (laughs) it's we last fall as we were getting our bids and all those all those you know those technical things that we do some of you understand it very well Ran late into the season unfortunately many of those types of businesses are shutting down for the year they don't want to build a parking lot in the wintertime. But now we've ramped it back up in January. We're currently waiting for all that to come back in, and we're going to get that rocking and rolling so we don't have to park on the curbs. Some of you have been so gracious in parking and being very kind to each other out in the parking lot. But we will, and we're headed that direction here really, real soon in, the, in 2017. We have, just one final comment that I wanted to leave with you is, the, final re, the financial resources that you so graciously gave last year are, are retained, they're sitting there waiting for us to just start shoveling the dirt. So just so you know where that's at. The additional, office, the additional ministry office, it's done. If you've not been in the offices recently, that first little space that was there is now all taken care of, and uh, it is now there for you. It's a space for counseling. It's a space to read. It's a space to, if you needed prayer and you just want to grab somebody to go back there, that room is yours. 
If you would like to go in there during the week, if you just want to come and have a quiet place, I wouldn't say it's quiet around here during the week, but if you shut the door, uh, it's quiet. But please, feel free to utilize that room, and it's there for you. The ministry playground for the children. Yes, it's there. It's sitting there. It's waiting for little ones to play on it. But we need to make sure that the rubberized flooring, and it's, again, it's a seasonal thing, and we've talked about this in the past, and I'm just waiting on Mother Nature to cooperate with me, and I will get everything taken care of, and the individuals are waiting to take care of that for us, and then our children. That will not only be a place for Sunday morning or other special events, but for you during the week. If you want to bring your children to come and play in that playground, you come and play in that playground. It's going to be there, and it'll be available to you, so feel free to do that. And then the last thing that I have on my list is the, is the Children's Ministry Outdoor Modular. It's open. Um, <laughs> Pastor Robbie spent a lot of time this week along with Julie and Holly McCrory and many of you that have been a part of the Children's Ministry, but it is today an open house. I would encourage you to go outside. I've heard from a few people that either taught in modulars or have went to class in modulars that they were never a really fun thing to go into. Weren't, but if you go out there, it's like walking into a beautifully, they did an awesome job for us, so please take the time to go out there. And there's also a sign-up sheet out there <laughs> for those that have a sense, like right now, if you're feeling a tug on your heart to be a part of the children's ministry, and I'm sure that that's happening right now. Oh, it's now. happening. It's, <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Aren't you feeling it? <laughs> feeling it. So if you have a desire to be a part, one of the things is, is next Sunday we're going to be moving our kindergartners out there. And uh, they will begin being a part out there. And then after that, we will be moving after a couple of structural things we're going to be getting such as we need to get a couple more teachers to be able to expand the fourth and fifth grade are going to go out there. So if you've got that desire in your heart to just love on kids, Pastor Robbie would love to talk to you. So, but uh, I have one last special thanks. We have very gifted men and women in our church. Very gifted men and women. And I just want to acknowledge Ben Cook and Ron Davidson. They were the ones that... uh, built that uh, handicap ramp that's outside, did an outstanding job. And I just wanted to just publicly acknowledge them. And there were several others that have done a lot of other things out there. And I thank you also. So, Pastor Doug. Well, let me kind of take back into my seat and some of the things that are on my mind and on my heart and just to kind of let you know about. Uh, One is elders. I made mention of this, but we're already in the process here of bringing on a couple additional elders. Uh, today's not the time to tell who those, who those men are, but uh, the, another day here, not too far down the road. But I do want to have, go ahead and put up on the screen, uh, just so you know, we do have quite an extensive uh, process for bringing elders on, and um, it's a big deal here. Uh, we are actually working, I'm working with Pastor Brock at Harvest Indy South, and they're in the process of just beginning to bring some elders on, and so we're kind of doing this together with them, and I'm helping them, and, but I just want for you to know that that's taking place. We're, we're needing to beef up on the leadership side, and that's in mode as it's going. 
Um, I'm going to kind of work off of from here, maybe if you will, some of the initiatives on the, in the document that I have to do with myself for you. And you can take a look at these. And I really would encourage you to, to ponder through this. If you want to know a ton more of what's going on in our hearts and each of the pastor's minds as far as ministry and ministry capacities, take a look there. The, one of the first things that it notes for me, and I want to take this broadwise for you, is just so that you're aware, is I've have down just to embrace a transition transition in the next phase of ministry life and leadership. And and holistically, let me just note this. Um, uh, This has been an amazing challenge to uh, basically now nine years old and be a church of a thousand. And what takes place on the leadership side of that in order to try and to contain direction. Friends, I'm just going to tell you part of the reason I'm doing this series, this Go Ready Together series, is because this is the point in time as a church grows, as an organization grows, that you lose focus, you lose direction, and you lose understanding on what you're about. And so I'm wanting to drive that home, redrive that home again. And I would just want for you to know on kind of my side that uh, one of the things that's taking place is that we are trying to work really hard not to lose the core of who we are as a church. We just can't let that happen. Um, part of what's taken place is just the growth even as staff. Larry Osborne writes about how churches and organizations, they generally go from a golf team to kind of like a couple golfing buddies. Then they advance into a basketball team where you've got multiple and now they all have basically individual unique positions that they play. And then you move into a football team where you've got uh, not everybody even knows each other in the whole thing, even from the leadership side. And Tim Keller in his article that talks about church and a leadership and church size dynamics. In fact, if you're interested, I printed a number of copies out out on the reception desk there. You can pick them up. Just the whole understanding and what's going on here as a younger church trying to keep this thing on target centered together has been a huge, huge challenge with that. And I just want to ask that you would continue to pray for us as we seek to lead you well. Okay, we want to be shepherds of the sheep of God's people. This isn't about us. This is about us together. And yet as we do this, we just covet your prayer. So please continue praying for us. And you've just been a blessing. The other thing I want to make mention is just part of what's going on with the pastors from my seat. Um, We have eight pastors, but four of the pastors are involved in heavy graduate studies right now. And I'm just going to tell you, that's a big deal. And I don't mean for them, I mean for the church. Because in that, we have right now Pastor Chris and Pastor Robbie are in year one of working on their Masters of Divinity program. They spend 30 hours a week, probably more than that. Um, just even in their studies. Pastor Cody is leaving today. To, he's in the beginning stages of working on his PhD. We want the guy with his PhD by the time he hits 30. Right, Cody? Yeah. And uh, so we're doing that. But I'm telling you, that just takes a ton of time for Cody, for Chris, for Robbie. And for me, I'm working on my doctorate of ministry. That's kind of a dumbed-down version of a PhD. And uh, that's more where I'm at. 
And uh, so in that, I will just tell you as an example for me, um, you know, I've kind of been in probably seven years now as 70 hours a week reality. These last four weeks have been 80 hours a week, just getting ready for a, a chapter to be set in here on Wednesday. And academics is not my gig. It's not my thing. I am the learning disabled kid in the back of the class. That's totally me with academics. And yet I will tell you, it's just consuming time to where, frankly, my staff hasn't seen me for almost a week and a half. And, and I just want for you to know that, not to feel sorry for us, but for you as a church family to understand part of what's going on is we have pastoral staff that are engaged in further being equipped. That's who we are. And yet in it, that also means that because of that, there's a numbers of, number of things we can't do, and we're so grateful for you. And both understanding that and also picking up weight in various areas. So I just wanted for you to kind of know what's going on with that. Along with that, we're even bringing in, I'm not going to talk about it in detail today, we're bringing in a sabbatical structure to it. We're kind of, mainly for most of us, it's after the first 10 years, we're going to have some extended time off. This year was actually 10 years for Nick and myself. So here before summer, early summer, Nick is going to be having some extended time off that we're providing for that. Karen and I were going to do later in the year, and then I found out that my whole doctoral situation was basically said, I have to be done this year, so we're not going to be doing that this year. We'll tell you more about sabbatical things, but we're doing that because I'll just say, I'm concerned of burnout for me, for our staff in that, and uh, I want to kind of put it on the table and keep accountable, okay, to you. Another thing, kind of totally different, church plants. God has been blessing. We right now have had uh, two churches planted out of us, one on the south side of Indianapolis, Harvest Indy South. They meet in Clark Pleasant Middle School. Um, I want to encourage you, some Sunday go down there and see what the Lord is doing. We have Pastor Brock is there, Pastor DJ. They've brought on uh, uh, Pastor Cody, uh, Corey, uh, down there as their student ministries pastor. I'm working with Brock right now and them hiring a possibility of fourth pastor. We're working on that. We're also working with them as well on uh, getting elders on board, but there are two services. There's just even a whole facility land situation that's come up from the school where they would be right on the highway at the interchange there. It's just some amazing stuff. So that's been a God thing that's taking place and uh, it's just an amazing thing that God would use us for something like that. It's already been mentioned about Harvest in Georgetown, St. Vincent. I want to encourage you. Hey, consider taking a trip this summer. If you haven't, consider taking a trip this summer. We'd love to see that happen. There's two trips going there. The third thing I want to mention with the church plants is about Haiti. We uh, just... Uh, literally this week, and honestly, probably before I said it, some of our staff doesn't even know this, but we've agreed to uh, become the lead coaching church for a new church plant in Haiti as well. A number of you have gone to Merger in Haiti over past years on some of our ministry trips, and you've met Nestle. Nestle was part of that church down there, and actually Nestle has become a part of the Harvest Training Center. He's there in Haiti right now. Uh, They speak French with this, and so he's there right now. And so we've partnered up. We are uh, coming alongside Nestle, and we're going to be planting, being lead church working with Haiti in planting a, a third church in Haiti. And I'll tell you, that wasn't in the budget, that wasn't in the plans, but I could spend an hour telling you some of the things that took place to bring it. We just believe that's the thing God would want us to do. So we're gonna be planting a church in Haiti and uh, super excited about that opportunity. 
Other thing that's taking place is we are now within harvest. We're non-denominational. We're autonomous churches, but part of this, and we're part of now, uh, we're a regional church to where we have the opportunity to encourage other harvest churches. There's three in Indiana that are a part here of Southside, Bloomington, and Vincennes. And then there's four churches over in Ohio that are a part of this that both as myself, staff is a big part of what's going on, but I promise you, this are all going to have impact on you as we encourage and are a part of what's going on there. Uh, Let me finish with the last item here. Last item is, uh, in October, I received an email kind of totally out of the blue, an email that ended up, um, and the lights are going in and out, and and all's really cool. Uh, maybe, Maybe that was, I'm over. Um, so in October, I received an email that uh, basically said for Moody Radio here in Indiana saying uh, we're contacting a select number of churches. Would you guys be interested in uh, having sermons put on the radio? And so I uh, replied back that afternoon saying, no, thank you. Um, uh, just, that's just, I'm just not wired that way to let you know uh, in that. I'm not yearning to be on TV. I'm not yearning to be on radio. That's just not my thing. I love you. I love here. Um, Then about a month later, I received another email back saying, hey, would you guys consider being on Moody? We want to push back on you a little bit. So I thought about it for a day, and I sent an email back saying, "Uh, no, thank you. I've got enough on my plate. I don't want to have that messing with my head. I don't want for that messing with our church people thinking that's messing with my head. And, um, and I don't have a radio voice. And so then just sum it up, uh, they contacted back and said, could we sit down and talk to you because we're not quite sure you understand what we, got, what we want to do here. So uh, <laughs> Karen, and I, um, Karen and I went and had lunch with them and sat down and just long story short in, and I walked away from that with a different perspective that this could be something that for all three harvests, that if we could co-op together and make this happen, I think this could be a ministry opportunity to Indianapolis and especially to unchurched people. Uh, And it could position us to be able to be for planting harvest churches in the Indianapolis, central Indiana area in the future and a positive for that. So we've actually decided to do that. Um, We being with, uh, well... We being that tied with Brian, Pastor Brian up on the north side and Brock on the south side. So what's going on is the three churches are funding this. Over, we, We're signing a 12-year agreement that way. If they want to get, get us off, they can. 12-month, what did I say? Oh, 12-month. And uh, <laughs> multi-million dollar deal. No. So a, a 12 uh, 12-month, one-year thing. Just quickly with that, I am over. Uh, I'll just say this. Here's how we're handling this. All three of us are doing this together. I'm going to be taking, we're going to be, Lord willing, this will be starting in March. This will just be Sunday mornings. It'll just be from 9.30 to 10 o'clock. Um, it'll be, uh, I'll be doing the first four months, then uh, Brian will be doing the next four months, and Brock doing the next four months. We're wanting to do this cooperative together. We think people aren't used to seeing teams actually work together in God's family, so this would be a cool opportunity. We're going to be calling this vertical together. Um, our son, Luke, uh, who's up in Chicago, been up there, who's been handling Walk in the Word uh, with Harvest for the last, not part of it, for the last year. Uh, Luke is 
going to be actually the one administrating over this whole thing. And this is just a side thing. This isn't a full-time job by any means. But I will add, uh, Luke and Kayla are going to be moving back, which we're totally thrilled about. Uh, not because of this, but for some other opportunities. And um, so in that, Luke's going to be administrator over the whole thing because part of what the three pastors said is, is this is not going to take up our time. This is not going to take up our focus because this isn't about us. And part of what is coming out of that is we are going to be grabbing sermons from the past so it's not present. So we'll either be starting with a Colossians series or Mark series. Um, uh, Luke's going to be administrating it. Rob Diaz playing the drums this morning. Rob's in the back. Rob's agreed to be able to help with putting a jingle together for the radio program. Rob's going to be doing the voice in, voice out on that, with that. So Luke and Rob will be coordinating with that. We're looking at this moment, March 5th, and uh, I think that's it, okay? I'm going to pass it to you, boss. Okay. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to just take a couple of minutes uh, as Pastor Doug, as you can see, God's moving. Things are happening and God is bringing other opportunities for us. But I just wanted to take a minute and, and Pastor Doug had asked if I would share about just my transition and from corporate America to what I'm doing today. And I just gonna, I don't like talking about myself, but I do like talking about God. Because my transition to where I am today was a God thing from the very beginning. Uh, being in corporate America and being in a, uh, I was with Walmart for 15 years and I got selected to do a really big gig over in, in Plainfield and it was a big deal and you know it was really a lot of stuff. And then God opened this door. And I listened to the family chat that we had back in July, and and as Pastor Doug rolled it out, I still am very humbled. This this is such an incredible opportunity to go from corporate America where it's dog eat dog to what you do every day has an eternal value. And to come to work every day and listen to and see the pastors of this church desiring to serve the Lord first and then the opportunity to listen to them as they pour out in prayer and as they pour out in so many different ways how much they truly love you. And I'd like to just, if the pastors, if you're all sitting in here, hopefully you all are, um, come on up and just, and uh, because I'd like them to share just briefly What's going on? Because and I'll start as they're getting up here. I want to share just briefly. God has truly blessed my heart. When you work for the Lord, he does things and you just kind of step back and let him do it. And one of the things that has blessed my heart so much is what's going on in this front row. Because I've watched as this, these young people as they've gone from sitting with their parents every Sunday to now they're here. And I don't know about you, but last couple Sundays ago, now they're standing and singing and praising in choir with their parents. 
But what is so cool is they're just, their love for God is very evident by the fact that I'm gonna make a stand for God and I'm gonna share whatever gift I have. And I wanna tell you, y'all bless my heart. Uh, Rick just asked us to share a little bit about how God's been at work. And I, I'm just thinking this morning about, I got to spend the last hour um, over in the conference room uh, with about 30 people in Discover Harvest class who are saying like, we want to make Harvest our home and we want to worship, walk, and work for Christ here at Harvest Indy West in this area. And, and every time we do one of those classes, I am just grateful that uh, God is building his church and, uh, and I get the privilege of, uh, of joining him and what he is doing here. And so I'm just grateful that he continues to build his church here in Avon, Indiana. Well, a year ago, my wife and I, we uh, launched a brand new small group, 16 people, and nobody in that group knew anyone. Fast forward now a year later, and uh, we've got meaningful relationships. God's been building our group, pouring into us, ministering in us and through us, and we just love, love our small group. And I am reminded on a weekly basis how hard it is leading a small group. And I'm so thankful for our 70, 75 small group leaders that we have that week in, week out, are giving of themselves, pouring into their, their small group, ministering and shepherding their people. And that's a huge, huge burden. It's a weight. And thank you. I'm reminded by, by Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, says, uh, be steadfast, right? Don't quit. Don't give up. Be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because you know your labor is not in vain. I think one of the things that the Lord's really been encouraging me with is this picture right here so describes what's going on at Harvest Students. I don't mean that the students are messy and dirty. Um, Some of them are, but most of them not. Uh, But really just looking at this picture and saying, hey, we have a team of 18 individuals who are faithfully serving the Lord all week Uh, within their jobs and within their communities and then they come here and throughout the week even are just faithfully pouring themselves out into our students lives and so when I look at this picture and I think about this last year and how the Lord has been encouraging me uh, I think about those 18 individuals and just their uh, faithful and selfless sacrifice and just seeing the joy and blessing that it is to serve the Lord with the team well um since coming on staff just a year and a half ago, um, I've been humbled and just learning a lot and growing and so thankful for seeing God at work in many different ways uh, through Harvest Kids and experiencing kids worship the Lord is something that is so powerful. Um, and watching them raise their hands and sing out to the Lord is, has been for me a, a huge God at work moment and we that's been increasing in our time there and uh, another way that I've just seen God at work is through those who are stepping in and and raising this generation of these of these children and discipling them and um, uh, we are in a need at this point as we are growing as you can tell that there's a physical growth happening for Harvest Kids and we certainly are in need of needing more people to jump in but um, it is so cool that we get to do this together in discipling children and I've seen God move through that it's been very encouraging. Well, last year for uh, Jen and I, we just had experienced a number of trials, and uh, you add to that the seminary load, and add to that the uh, a new baby, woo woo, 
Um, and add to that, um, being in a role with a, as a new ministry in, in soul care, um, it just meant for a lot of chaos and a lot of a lot of challenging times for us. And so, one of the things I think the Lord is showing up, uh, showing me in all of this, is just a reminding me that uh, God is faithful. Um, and in fact, my our delight is tied directly to the faithfulness of God. Uh, Psalm 16, verse 11 says, You, Lord, make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so um, for me, for you, for all of us, um, the delight, the pleasure of life is found at the epicenter of God's preeminence in our lives. And that's just been huge, encouraging to me, um, and continues to, to be an encouragement. And really over the last 10 years, I've seen God at work in some pretty massive ways in the worship ministry. Um, the people that God has allowed uh, to be a part of the ministry here uh, really uh, love the Lord and seek the Lord and want uh, to have it to have nothing to do about them and everything to, to be about the Lord, which is if you don't know it, it is unique in this day and age and in this culture for a group of individuals to say it's not about us. Uh, we are about attention. We are about uh, likes and clicks and things like that on our phones. And uh, and this group that serves you each and every week has a unity that I've never seen before, uh, has a humility, and it really is their rallying cry from Psalm 115, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. And I'm, I'm grateful to the Lord for those kinds of people and that kind of ministry that he's built up here. Well, I just want to say one last thing. And then as the elders and their wives and all of the wives could come up, one of the things, if you read through this, and I would encourage you to do that, some of the words that the pastors, as they, as they put their initiatives together, were words like encourage lead, provide, embrace, pursue. Those are all words they're identifying their ministry with you. They want to lead you. They want to embrace you. They want to pursue after God. And I would encourage you to take these initiatives that you see in here, and if one of the pastors is specifically speaking to your heart, and you get an opportunity, pray. Pray for these men and women. I, I this week, <clears throat> I found this job description. I thought I would read it to you. It's called a pastor's wife job description. <clears throat> Excuse me. Help wanted, pastor's wife. She must sing, play music, lead the student ministry, Raise angelic children of the highest order. Entertain, entertain church notables. Minister to other wives. Have the ability to recite the Bible backward. And choreograph the Christmas program. I would like to leave with you. This... It's an incredible group of women. They support their husbands every day through prayer and encouragement. And once in a while I get to see them walk in with a hand-delivered lunch. 
But they also love, and I need you to understand this crystal clear. They love and care for you very, very much. So as you pray for the pastors, know that where their strength comes from is not only the Lord, but these incredible ladies that are standing beside them right now. But I'd like Larry, if you would, Larry, if you would pray, and then Paul will pray, and we'll be done. Let's pray together. God, we really could have no other response this morning to what we've heard than to praise you. Um, it's incredible to see what you've done, and we're grateful. Your word and the Old Testament particularly tells many times of that the children of Israel were to remember publicly and to their children and to other generations what you had done so that um, you would get glory for what you've done and also to build our faith and confidence and excitement about the future for what you will do. So God, this morning, just in a few areas that we remember this morning to praise you for, I thank you for these people, the people that make up Harvest Indy West, and not to be overlooked, the incredible unity that you've given us as a church family. You are to be praised for that, and we do so publicly today. I praise you for the student's ministry and the opportunity to look forward to generations ahead, decades ahead. And God, would you raise up many from that group of students to be faithful to you, to serve you, perhaps even some, as Pastor Doug's talking about, vocationally right here. God, I thank you for the staff, guys who are committed, passionately loving you and loving this church family and pouring themselves out for it and wives to back them, as Pastor Rick so aptly said. And uh, we're thankful that you've chosen to raise them up from right here as well. We're very blessed, and we, we praise you for that. God, I praise you for this facility that you've entrusted to us. I pray that we'd be good stewards of this place. In no way make it any kind of a, an idol or something to be proud of other than to be proud in what you're doing here and help us to, to manage it well. Thank you for the improvements and enhancements that you've allowed us to do over this past year. We praise you for that. And God, tied very much to that is the finances through the generosity of these people, all of us as a family working together. You have multiplied and blessed us with resources and finances, and we thank you for it and acknowledge that it comes from you. And lastly, God, I, I thank you for the opportunity you've given us, entrusted into our care to be involved in ministry and watching you grow your church around the world as well as right here. And God, uh, thank you for the ways that we've seen this past year and even as we've heard just a few minutes ago, just this past week, to be involved and engaged in ministry for your glory. We praise you for that. And God, thank you. And uh, as we've looked back and praised you for things you have done, now we look forward to 2017 and beyond and uh, ask for your help in things that you will do in your name. Oh, Lord willing, we have a year ahead of us that um, has many opportunities. Um, opportunities there at church planting. 
and assisting there. Opportunities for any of us folks who desire to go on a trip that could very well change our lives. We have a, a modular out there you've given us. It's ready to be filled with more kids needing more teachers. Um, we're looking at some elders that you're bringing our way. We trust so many opportunities that you have put us in position right now. And Lord, uh, we don't know what the future holds. I know we sang earlier, at all times, I will bless the Lord. So as we walk through this year, please keep us humble. Please keep our praise directed to you. And uh, we're looking forward to a great, great year. And in your name, I ask these things. Amen.